0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Hey everybody, it's good old JR Jim Ross, the voice of AEW Wrestling. Yo, this is Flip Gordon C-V-V, Chris Van This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox T-C-O, the French-Canadian
1: Frankenstein
2: Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle And you're listening to Top Rope Nation Oh, it's true, it's damn true
1: We're gonna have one hell of a podcast
0: Ladies and
1: gentlemen, it
3: is now
0: time Oh, no Oh, yeah
3: i finished these fights.
0: Give me a hell yeah!
3: Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. Well, fellas, it's not like there is a lack of things to talk about this week. It's episode 153 of Top Rope Nation, and just before we got ready to hit record... Another major news item broke, and we're here to talk about it. It's Ryan Drosty of ComicBook.com, joined here by Justin Joint and Kyle Ross. Really going to be a current events-centric episode, I think, tonight. We've got, uh, let's see, three major topics to hit on. Like I said, one of them just came out tonight, so definitely not a lack of things to talk about, Kyle Ross. But uh, other than that, how's your week going so far? Oh, just peachy. Peachy? Yeah. Well that's good to hear. How's the uh, pond behind the house? Anything going on with the frogs? No, I did close the window though, because
1: believe it or not, it wasn't that warm day, so we had we didn't have the air conditioning on. And uh who knows though, you never know what a neighbor's gonna do. So I actually closed the window. So hopefully I don't start sweating <laughs> Although Justin Joint would be happy if I started sweating, I would, uh,
3: I suppose. But um
2: <laughs> Oh yeah, I'd like you that much better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah really yeah. add a lot to the podcast
3: well i'm glad you closed the window because i didn't want to hear any like blood curdling screams in the middle of nowhere or those frogs mating in your backyard again so i think that was a good choice thank you for that okay. thank you thank you for thinking of the listeners i appreciate that i Just, always think the listeners <laughs> justin what's going on not much man good week
2: uh yeah not bad um i've got one of those uh those deep nostrils it's going on right now it hurts. Oh my
3: God. <laughs> Don't reach too far up there. <laughs> you might be uh, might be getting color tonight. <laughs> sweat and color on this podcast? We're moving in the right direction. <laughs> it's one be one to remember. I know it's too bad you guys can't get together. Otherwise, Ryan, you could do the Roddy Piper uh, <laughs> You're bleeding. To yeah. Justin's Hulk Hogan. Oh man, Justin, I miss you, man. It's been months since we've seen each other we're in the same town, but you know, with the quarantining and everything stuff's getting worse as we're going to talk about here in uh, just a minute.
1: Oh, so wait a minute. I- I'm a little unclear here. You guys have not like gone and seen each other and you're not running around at the bars. Is <laughs> no. what you're
3: telling me. Absolutely oh. not. Well, oh, that's very interesting. Even though I trust Justin joint, you know, it's just not not a good idea to go to the bars right now, guys. Not not a smart thing to do. Seems to be uh, Americans having kind of an issue with this compared to most of the rest of the world.
1: Yes, uh, I'm glad. I was very happy to see you post that on multiple social media platforms uh, last week, Ryan. Yeah. There's <laughs> something inherently American that is inherently wrong right now.
3: Oh, and especially in Florida. Uh, tonight, right before we got ready to go on the air, we had our show format sheet Ready to go, Kyle put together his immaculate notes as always, and, and then this I, isn't in my format sheet, Tony. And then I had to go in and make a change because COVID nineteen has struck WWE hard. Uh, the reports are just coming out. It was Sean Ross Sap of Fightful that broke it on his YouTube show today, uh, this afternoon on Wednesday. Uh, multiple positive tests in WWE. This includes in-ring talent. Uh, I did see that PW Insider was reporting more than two dozen cases. So we do we do not know exactly who it is. That will probably not come out. You know, medical privacy laws for a good reason. Uh, but we know it, it's hitting the company hard. WWE had an official statement on this that just came out. Let me pull that up. <laughs> what, what a statement this was. Yeah, it's... They said... Quote, WWE will continue COVID 19 testing of its talent production crew and employees in advance of TV production for the foreseeable future end quote justin you're you're a British soccer fan, mm-hmm. and uh, as the Premier League was getting ready to start back up, I seem to recall and I don't follow soccer as closely as you, but wasn't there some drum- wasn't there some shutdowns with uh, far less positive tests than this? Some shutdowns? Yeah, like they they shut down practice. I believe there was like six positive tests at one point in May across the Premier League, and so they had to delay the starting up of the league.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. The delay, like maybe by you know a couple of weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean
3: the, it had been shut down, and then they were getting ready to open, and then I think there was six positive tests, if I recall, something like that, and they they shut down for another couple of weeks. You know, quarantined. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah.
2: the, the, the weird, just the weird thing to me is like. You have to expect the positive tests if you're going to do this kind of stuff. I mean, it Mm. might be a little bit easier for soccer, and maybe we'll talk about this, AEW, who, you know, they run their shows outside. And I truly think that makes a difference instead of running a show in a tiny performance center.
3: Yeah. I mean, my point, too, with that is that They close things down for a couple of extra weeks. WWE is getting ready to still hold tapings uh, Friday. I believe Saturday as well, if I'm not mistaken. For sure on Friday, they're taping Raw, SmackDown. Uh, Doesn't seem like a wise decision, given what's going on in the sheer amount of positive tests. Now, the statement was a little odd, considering they weren't testing at all for weeks and weeks and weeks. Now, they just started testing, and now we've had these positive tests. We talked about it on the show last week. There was a positive test for someone that had been in the audience at the Performance Center and now talent as well. So who knows how many people have been exposed? Who knows how many people may have had positive tests had they been testing for weeks, Kyle, uh, your thoughts. Yeah. And I mean, even building off your
1: soccer comparison, we, I don't want to say joked about this cause this is no laughing matter, but we talked about this last week. Uh, How are pro sports doing this summer? (laughs) Uh, How have they been running? Remember when the NBA had one positive test and they have not played another game since? Now they're getting set to resume in about a month from now. But still, they took four months off. Yeah. Um, The WWE's kind of flagrant disregard for science and logic during this whole ordeal has really been quite astounding. You know, we talked about it at the top. There is an inherent uh, issue with Americans going on right now nationwide. This isn't just a WWE problem. I mean, if you look at uh, the curve, uh, it's not really so curvy in the U.S. anymore, right, compared to other countries. We're not flattening anymore. It's going up. Yeah. But even by American standards... The WWE's behavior over the last four months has been fairly foul, and by fairly foul, I mean like really foul, like is flagrant. I, I don't think anyone's disregarded, um, kind of what's going on more than them have that. I mean, they just kept running and running and running.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean no the fact that they didn't have solar. the tests at all either for so long. You compare with AEW. Yeah, AW, I mean that, AW's that's excusable. Yeah, we, t- we talked about that last week.
1: It's not like they're not saving money. Right now, yeah, in some regards. So, for them not to be testing, and then you know, you have 71 year old Ric Flair out there two weeks in a row, and you're inviting friends of staff last week. That's been kiboshed, by the way. Obviously, thank God they at least had the sense to do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just. This is the scenario that we all talked about, I think, three months ago, right? When they announced they were going to keep running. We're like, well, what happens when a bunch of people test positive? Well, a bunch of people test positive now. So let's Mm -hmm. see what happens. And as far as on the talent end, who did, obviously, you're right. There are privacy laws. But if someone all of a sudden kind of disappears from television, it's probably not going to be hard to put two and two together. Now, some people may ask off like Kevin Mm -hmm. Owens did. Yeah. Him and Roman Reigns are looking like the smart ones right now, certainly. Sami Zayn put him in that list as well. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, And if you think about Roman Reigns, they sure aren't incentivizing him to come back anytime soon either. <laughs> no, and, and
1: keep in mind, well, let's hit on something else that happened this week. Um, this is not in your format sheet either, Tony. <laughs> this report comes out in the wake of Charlotte Flair's injury. So, not only do you have this COVID-19, but Charlotte's out for a couple months. Becky Lynch is out due to being pregnant. Congratulations again for the third time. The (laughs) WWE, I mean, (laughs) oh boy. I mean, this is like 1992 all over again.
3: Yeah. I mean, Sean Rossap, who I said broke the story, he tweeted out a couple of hours ago, "Oh, it's bad." And then <laughs> yes, lots of positives is the word. It makes you wonder what it would take for the company to actually shut down for a couple of weeks. That's you a know? great question. Because this is this is pretty damn bad, you know, when you you imagine a nightmare scenario, you would imagine multiple talents testing positive after having contact with Fellow workers in a professional wrestling ring, as Justin mentioned, in a closed environment, a, the WWE Performance Center, which isn't that big. It's not open air. Uh, the 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 idea that you were going to bring in friends and family members for an audience, you know, after months of having these closed set shows, they decided to do that when cases are on the rise in Florida, Florida being one of the hot spots in the U.S. right now. That made no sense. You know, maybe it's going to be the government stepping in that's going to force their hand. And there is a story related to that, which we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the case of Florida, okay. I mean, first of all, okay. look, the following comment is not necessarily endorsed by Ryan Droste or Justin Joint or any other, uh, you know, satellite member of Top Rope Nation. But Ron DeSantis has the IQ of an ice cube in August. Okay, (laughs) this guy is a jackass. (laughs)
3: Well, he's not going to do anything about it. What I'm referring to is what happened in Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York today. The three governors up in those states, which was the former hotspot of COVID-19 when this all started. I don't know if you guys heard this, but they've placed travel restrictions on anybody that's traveling in from numerous states, uh, Florida being one of them. So this puts WWE in a bind, it puts AEW in a bind, because, well, of course, WWE, like their upper level management, all live in that area. So if they're traveling yeah, think, that's interesting
1: with WWE cuz the Connecticut Florida connection.
3: Yeah, so I I wasn't thinking of uh Governor DeSantis because I knew no. he wouldn't do anything. I mean, look at his track record the last couple of couple of months, but you know, what what's going on with these three governors? I wonder how this is going to play with WWE and if this will force their hand at all on AEW as well because this isn't just like some advisory where like, hey, look, if you come back, we want you to go into quarantine for 14 days. No, there, there's actually going to be penalties for this. Um, in New York, for example, I'm quoting from CNN here. Uh, Governor Cuomo said that those violating the quarantine could be subject to a judicial order and mandatory quarantine and fines are $2,000 for the first violation, $5,000 for the second, $10,000 if you cause harm. Uh, it's, it's basically going to, I think the penalties will vary by state and how they will enforce them. But, yeah, it's it's a mandatory 14-day quarantine if you come back from Florida to any of those three states. So not just the upper levels of management, but numerous talents live in that area as well for both companies. So I don't know. I mean, this is all very fresh. All this just happened today. Uh, we don't know exactly exactly how it's going to play out so we're just you know spe- speculating right now um, but the advisory applies to Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, Florida, North and South Carolina, Washington State, Utah and Texas and it starts tonight that, that being uh, Wednesday night at midnight so I don't know if this will impact what's going on in the wrestling world or not. Certainly, the the presidency is not going to put a kibosh to these WWE tapings, nor is the Florida governor, but perhaps these three governors might influence things. We shall see. Wear a mask,
1: people, and chill out. Yes. And just stay at home. I mean, look, if you're listening to this podcast, we know you love wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling you can watch. I mean, I maybe can speak for the three of us on this one. We're all very lucky in the sense... We have, we're married. We have children. And that takes a lot of time. Like, I don't, I don't know what your guys' view on this is. I think we've kind of chatted a little bit about this via text and whatnot. But I haven't necessarily been bored or, like, itching and dying to get out during this time. You know, having a child. And, you know, I lost my job due to COVID-19. Uh, pull to pull back the curtain. I'll be fine. Please, no one. I'm, this is not a junkyard dog in 1980 situation. You're not needed to send me money in <laughs> an envelope.
3: But send me. You my, my, you can send me money though. I
1: won't turn. It okay, down. yeah.
3: <laughs> but kidding. like, you know, so my, my time is kind of taken up, right? So
1: I'm. I'm yeah. very lucky. And I feel bad for like friends of mine who are single. I mean, God, if I was like single by myself, I probably would be like scratch and get out. It's like Jesus, it's killing me. But. It's not worth it, folks. I mean, as a country, we need to do better. At least wear a mask when you go out. It's the least you can do. But yeah, like I said, if you're listening to the show, you're a wrestling fan, there's a lot of wrestling to watch.
3: Yeah, Nobody wants to start over. And that's the road we're headed on now, yes. shutting everything down again. You know, if every single person – I don't want to make this a political podcast, but it's unfortunate that you know science and medicine has been politicized during this time. And other countries have done so much better than us. If everybody just wore a mask in this country when they went out in public, it'd be gone. You know? It'd be completely gone. <laughs> if you literally had a hundred percent participation in mask wearing, it'd be over by now. So it's just just so frustrating because yeah, we don't want to start over, and that's the road we're going down right now.
1: I Anything do want to off something yeah. Justin said
3: a few minutes
1: ago about aw running an open air stadium i do agree with them that that's better i in the science has proven i actually had a discussion at the dinner table you know open air is better than you know uh you know not open air but aw we should note too they did have a couple issues too with guys not working dynamite tonight due to being in
3: contact with people who had covid-19 we yes. should mention that yep john moxley qt marshall in particular Were the two guys I saw instantly named in that? But they handled it well, and um, you know, again, I mean, AEW is not exactly innocent
1: in all this. I mean, they've been running, you know. um, Now they've, by all accounts, been taking more preventative measures than the WWE. And I think you know because of the WWE and their profitability over the last several years, they have no excuse not to be testing people on a regular basis from the start so that that's that's foul as hell. Um, AEW, I guess by all accounts has been testing, so good for them. Um I think you can make an argument they shouldn't have been running either. I think the three of us were kind of all in agreement that
3: wrestling could have taken a pause. Oh yeah, you go know, back and listen to our shows in March when this all started. All, all of us pretty much jury? said just shut down for a while. There's plenty of, you know, classic content WWE can air, you know. Yeah, so
1: AEW doesn't have that luxury, but you know, again, we talked about Charlotte's injury. AEW's had some injuries and, you know, I mean, guys that are getting hurt during this period. Oh, for what, you know, in front of no audience declining ratings. It's just, again, Very this is an American issue we're dealing with, but wrestling is, is certainly, uh, kind of on the bad end of, uh,
3: you know, not listening to the science. Well, historically speaking, will probably not look good to say the least. Uh, oh, our-
1: about how Rest the Gun look good
3: don't we coming up yeah that's for sure that's a little preview of the next segment before we get to that a couple housekeeping items of course guys we're brought to you by the blue wire podcasting network and our good friends over at bet online check out bluewirepods.com for all your podcasting needs whether it's sports movies entertainment they have the show for you bluewirepods.com And while you're at that, look us up on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. We're trying to get to 100 ratings on Apple Podcasts so we can give away a Top Rope Nation prize pack, including a free t-shirt and other items. we got to get to 100 ratings first, though. So if you have an iPhone or if you have iTunes, search Top Rope Nation, scroll to the bottom of our show page, hit the fifth star. That's all it takes. And uh, when we get to 100 ratings, we'll give away something on the show to one lucky listener. While you're there, make sure you hit subscribe, whether that is on Apple or Spotify. Tune in uh, pretty much wherever podcasts are found. By the way, we had a brand new review come in this week. If you leave us a written review, if you leave us a, a written review on Apple Podcasts, we read it on the air, as I'm about to do, and we'll send you a free Top Rope Nation die cut sticker in the mail for doing so. All you got to do is leave your Twitter or Instagram username in the review so I can get a hold of you, like I did, to our friend Jared, who's already got a sticker in the mail on the way to him. He left a review, and it says, a great listen every time, down to earth, sounds like we're having a discussion together, loving the unique points of view, subscribed and listening, keep up the great work. Jared Ledford. Jared, thank you so much. We appreciate you leaving that review and the kind words. And uh, appreciate you tuning in to Top Rope Nation each and every week. If you want to have even more content from Top Rope Nation, head over to patreon.com slash Rope nation where we produce bonus content for those of you that enjoy the show and want a little bit more. In fact, we are dropping in the next couple of days a brand new edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Podcast. This is a show where we go back and we look at a classic wrestling event, and we talk about the matches, we talk about the context of the shows at the time. We're going to be doing one on King of the Ring 93. I believe we're actually going to be recording that either tomorrow or soon after. It'll be dropping in the next couple of days on Patreon. You get access to that show. You get all of the past Top Rope Nation classic shows, such as SummerSlam 97, SummerSlam 91, SuperBrawl 2, Backlash 02, and tons more. There's around 20 bonus podcasts we've done exclusively on Patreon. The minute you sign up, you'll get access to all of those. A free gift in the mail. And just hours ago, I dropped our first exclusive video on our Patreon page. It is an exclusive tour of the top rope nation offices that being my office here at home gave you a little tour of how i produce the show the microphone equipment a little bit of my pro wrestling collection and what i've got up in the office it's a pretty good watch i think i had a lot of fun doing it uh i've gotten some good feedback already from some of our patrons over there so if you want to see that sign up on the patreon page you'll get immediate access to that so with all of that said before we get to that second subject on the agenda, we gotta throw a shout out to our good friends over at BetOnline. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more They have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So as we hinted at a couple of minutes ago here, it's been a rough week in pro wrestling. Uh, some of this next this next uh, topic we're going to talk about, this was kind of starting to break as we recorded the show last week. So what's been going on on Twitter with the hashtag speaking out is there's been a lot, both men and women, but predominantly women, talking about uh, sexual assault, sexual harassment, just general mistreatment in the world of professional wrestling, and... You know, I put this out on my Twitter page the other night. It's been kind of depressing, but also, you know, you're kind of moved by the courage of some of these people to put these stories out there. And some of it's been anonymous. Some people went right out there with their names and talked about it. And I don't think anybody that's followed wrestling for years would be shocked that it's kind of a shady business. I think mean, we all knew that, but some of the names exposed has really like put a damper on fandom of wrestling in general you know people like marty Skrill, people like matt riddle who have been accused and we're not saying you know for sure these people are guilty of course they're being accused but a lot of these uh accusations have seemed very legitimate at least on the surface there has been corroborating witnesses for some of them and so you know Sexual assault in pro wrestling, as I just hinted at, is not something that's new. I mean, if you followed the WWF for the last few decades, specifically in the 80s and 90s, this has come out before, and the indie scene is no more innocent. And so, I guess either of you want to kind of get your thoughts out there, feel free But uh, like I said, just it's very disappointing. But also, I'm glad these people are coming out and you know getting those stories out there because the people that are doing these things shouldn't be getting our money. They shouldn't be getting our attention. And I think it's it's certainly a good thing to expose them. Uh, Amen. So I mean, I think some shocking names, you know, for sure. But yeah, no, no. I I I mean, I'll say this. To me, the
1: names don't even matter to me, because you talk about going through the history of this industry. The idea of misogyny, sexism, and -and out-and-out sexual assault is certainly not new in pro wrestling, but it doesn't make it any less depressing to kind of see the veracity of it still going on in 2020. It's one thing if you're like, oh, you know, the frickin' old, the 80s, the Wild West, eh, you know, people were acting like assholes back then or whatever. But to see like the sheer amount of it still going on in 2020 was just, I got angry, depressed, just, you know, insert any negative emotion here. It just seemed every time I logged on Twitter for about a four day span, it was something new. And it's just like, my God, like Mm -hmm. this is insane. And you know, it was, there were certain places, I guess, um, where it seems it was going on more like the, you know, the UK is kind of, it was not a banner day for British wrestling <laughs> was a text message I received from someone. And I could not agree more with that. Um, but, you know, it, it steers stateside and, you know, I talked about this with the last issue we did with COVID-19, you know, this is not something that's unique to wrestling, but wrestling is definitely at the really bad end of it, and people need to be better. And it's just—it's just really inexcusable um, to see some of the things that have ha- transpired.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's—it's it, it's no less excusable if it happened 25 years ago. Make no mistake about it. No, I want to be—I want to clarify that right now. But um, it just—I can only speak for me here. Twitter can be accessible many times, obviously. I think we all know that. But in terms of me logging on there and trying to engage, uh, you know, in wrest- with wrestling, you know, and just as a source of information, you know, it's supposed to be kind of escapism for me. And there was just a four-day span where I'm like, this is just depressing beyond belief. Yeah. To see these things. And it's just like, my God, like... If this was any other industry, this would be, like, a really major story. Like, think if this was, like, you know, I don't want to say real sport, but, you know, like a mainstream sport. Mm -hmm. You know, wrestling has gotten off a lot in the past because people don't take it very, like, the general public doesn't take it very seriously as an industry. And there were some, you know, at least overseas, some, you know, news or Organizations that picked up the story, but, um, yeah, it's just another black eye. I feel like, God, has it been like
3: five of the last six weeks we've had to come on here and say, not a banner week for pro wrestling. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wrestling's always had this reputation of being kind of seedy, you know, like mm-hmm. anyone, anyone that is a wrestling fan has always dealt with this perception of wrestling and, and wrestling fans. And it's something you always have to like, kind of come to terms with. And it's not just that like, oh, you think that stuff's real, but it's also just the reputation that the business has. And like I said, this this kind of seediness to wrestling and what's what's gone on behind the scenes, that's been around for a long time. And it's just it's very disappointing to see that that's still going on now. And a big thing
1: is we have way more females
3: participating in pro wrestling than ever before. Yeah, right. It's not close. Well, in the, in the past, there had been stories of like female, uh, referees, female ring announcers, you know, uh, being part of this, uh, being mistreated. Now you have more females in, in the uh, business as wrestlers on the big stage. And unfortunately they're still being, you know, demeaned and treated poorly like this by some of the men in the business. And this is absolutely proof of that. Um, we did. We did have a big male name speak out. And that being Keith Lee, put out a statement about uh, how he had been drugged when he was drinking at a bar one time, and uh, this is one of the reasons that he doesn't drink anymore. And a woman tried to take advantage of him. So it can go both ways, you know. Predominantly, it's been female speaking out though. Um, I mean, you know, I, I mentioned some of the names accused. Marty Scurll, uh being a big one. He put out an apology that was largely criticized, and I think with good reason. He put out a second apology that I didn't <laughs> think was much better. Uh, he sort jo- of copied Kobe Bryant's apology a little bit. <sighs> Joey Ryan, of course, was had Ooh. multiple accusations against yeah, him. Um, so I, mean, when you look at some of these names that were accused, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I own T-shirts for some of these people. I know you do too, as well, Justin. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, do you have anything to add and, and what your thoughts are on the situation?
2: Um no, I, I guess I would just say I I I think sixteen is a little young for an age of consent, uh, mm. England.
3: Yeah, because Marty had thrown that out there that he he specifically put that in his apology that it was legal. Uh doesn't look good. Definitely doesn't look good. So we we had to talk about it. It's it's an uncomfortable topic, but I think we'd be doing a disservice to not mention it and, and talking about you know the brave names that were out there, well names and anonymous people putting these stories out there so we can find out you know who the who the uh, bad guys are in the wrestling business. So lastly, uh, on our next episode on Monday, we're going to be doing one of our drafts again. We did a Ric Flair draft a couple of weeks ago on the show. It was a ton of fun, fantasy draft style. On Monday's show, we're going to be doing a draft of The Undertaker's best matches. We'll have a special guest on that show with us. So it'll be four of us. So we kind of wanted to conclude this show by uh, just some of our general thoughts uh, briefly on The Last Ride, the five-part documentary series that just wrapped up on Sunday on the WWE Network. And, uh, you know, I guess I think we're all going to say thumbs up for sure. I would just say in brief that I really enjoyed the second episode and the fifth episode, the last one. I thought those were the strongest outings. I agree! Really? That's kind of weird. <laughs> That's not even in the show notes. So, yes, we do we do agree. But I thought the second episode was particularly strong because you saw him coming to grips with the fact that uh, he wasn't satisfied with that what was supposed to be his, his farewell match with Roman Reigns at uh, WrestleMania 33. And you saw him train down in Texas to come back at 34. I'll let uh, Kyle expand on that in a second because I know you want to talk about that. Uh, and then the fifth one, you know, coming to grips with, uh, with the match with AJ and basically him sounding like he's ready to retire. Uh, Justin, let me throw it to you first, though. What, what were your general thoughts on the last ride? What, what did you find to be the strongest episodes and what did you take from them?
2: Uh, I think I agree with you guys. The I'd say the second one probably... By far was my favorite. Um, I enjoyed it, of course. I'm a sucker for for any of that backstage stuff. Um, although I d- I don't really feel like I got anything real new out of it. I mean, you could the story they told in this documentary, you could just kind of see happen in real time with all these matches. You know, mm. uh, it, w- it was very obvious at 33 that that was supposed to be a send off. Uh, And everybody agreed that was a really bad match and it wasn't on Roman Reigns. Um, So there there was that. And, you know, honestly, having got to kind of get a look at Mark Calloway, I think I would have just preferred to stick with The Undertaker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We won't be drafting his t-shirts, will we?
3: No, we (laughs) won't. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, though, because I didn't I didn't know if we were going to talk about that or not. Of course, he he sports multiple T-shirts by the same company. And that T-shirt company has been kind of controversial online. You can look into that on your own. Um, They've they've taken some controversial stances on some social issues here in the United States. uh, Many of them not reflecting well on their views on African-Americans. But at the same time, if you watch the documentary, it's pretty evident that, you know, all of the... uh, or most of the African American talent that they show backstage interacting with the Undertaker, have a ton of respect for him, and uh, no one really—they talk about it, no one really has a bad thing to say about him in the industry. So, although we may not agree with some of his own uh, personal beliefs that were certainly in your face in his clothing choices throughout the episodes,
1: you know, that he, second he has, amend, that Second Amendment thing on his bag. Woo!
3: <laughs> but you know. I, Again, I think he's, he's still well-liked, regardless of what his views are and that kind of thing. Go ahead, Kyle.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was really nice to get that rare look at the person, Mark Calloway, behind the gimmick, right? I mean, that, it was pretty unprecedented, yeah. the access that we got. We, we'd never seen that. I mean, he's the guy, you know, for years, everyone was talking about, oh, he doesn't sit in the crowd at the Hall of Fame. You don't want to expose the gimmick. So that was really cool, I think, the novel part of this documentary. I did think it had a bit of a Groundhog Day feel. In the sense, you know, I wanted to make a joke. I kind of like Groundhog Day better with Bill Murray because it was, well, he had a bad match. And he was really upset about it. He wanted to have a good match. He would have a good match. He's like, oh, I can do more. I can do more. And it would blow up in his face. He's like, oh, my God, I've got to redeem myself again. You know, it kept this vicious cycle. And I want to get back to that in a minute here. But the big question, Ryan and Justin, I think, is do we believe that he has quote, no desire to get back in the ring. And we'll stick to that because Ryan, you tweeted it out. Like right when the doc dropped that he notably left the door open saying if Vince needed him again, he'd consider it. So yeah. what do we think about that? Go ahead. Justin. I don't,
2: I don't believe for a second that uh, he has no desire to get back in the ring. I don't, yeah, that's just, just I mean, you, you can't watch those five episodes and believe for a second that he really wants to get away um, now, his wife is certainly pushing him in that direction. Um, and, you know, he said it himself. If Vince calls, he'll listen.
3: Yeah, I thought that was very telling. The fact that he would mention that, you know, you break the glass, bring out the undertaker in case of emergency. That means I mean, he's he's admitting subconsciously that he might be thinking about it. <laughs> I think, you know, if he really want to be done. In- he wouldn't leave that open. There has to be something that intrigues him, obviously.
1: Now, the big thing is, mania next year, who knows if it's going to be in front of a crowd. But we saw him miss the mania uh, in New York and how he felt about that. I think that's the big test. Mm-hmm. You know, is he going to go? If I were him, or if I, certainly if I was Michelle McCool, I would not have him go <laughs> to yeah. uh, Los Angeles next year in yeah. fear that he'd get the itch again to wrestle Mm -hmm. because that was like, I thought a pretty interesting deal, how he was sitting backstage at the WrestleMania in New York and he was, Oh, I should be out there. I should be out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I think that's maybe the next big litmus test, but I have three other takeaways um, from this documentary uh, in addition to the possible retirement that we saw one beginning of episode three. He basically confirmed a report that we had on this show that he wanted to go long against Cena, but that didn't happen because Mm -hmm. of John Cena. Yes, indeed. Check the archives on this. The deal was, I talked about it, Undertaker wanted to do a normal match in New Orleans against John Cena. John Cena, a god among men, said, that's (laughs) stupid. People are going to be fired up that you showed up. Just squash me. And by the way, how selfless is this John Cena (laughs) to do that? I mean, what a... What a peach. My hat's off to you, John. We miss you more than you know in this industry. What an absolute legend. It it Uh, took him 15 years to get there, but at least he got there. Yeah, but, you know, so if you look and go back and watch episode three, I I was kind of had a smile on my face because Taker's like, oh, yeah, people think Undertaker-John Cena, that's a 20-30 minute match. And I was like, god damn, I, you know, I put my ear to the ground pretty good on that one. Because you could tell he wished it was a 20, 30-minute match while he was talking. Mm -hmm. And for the record, this is me speaking, John Cena was completely correct in his idea of how that match should be booked. If The Undertaker thinks that should have been a 20, 30-minute match, in all due respect, uh, he's wrong. As far as wanting to see Taker work again, I'm very interested to hear your guys' response to this. I only want to see it if he's going to put somebody younger over. I mean, I...
2: I think we've been clamoring for that, you know, since the streak was broken. Like, I know me and I, and I think Ryan, you know, we think that should have gone to somebody who could have used that, you know, for one, built them up higher and, and used it longer for the company than Brock Lesnar, who should, pops up three times a year and, you know, could be gone in a few years.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't mind seeing him work again if it was against someone younger, like an Alister Black or something like that. That would make sense. I could see him wanting to work just based on the fact that he went out without a crowd, regardless of how good the Boneyard match was, and it did, you know, hide any weaknesses he might have had in the match and made him look really, really good. You can listen to our WrestleMania review. We were very high on that match, but I could see him like in his head thinking, "Man." My last match, no crowd. I want to go out with the crowd one more time, you know. <laughs> if he would do that, yeah, I would like to see it be against someone younger versus, like, some kind of Legends match with Sting or anything like that.
2: And, I, you know, the only way I think we get a even a passable Sting-Undertaker match is if it's, like, a Boneyard, yeah. c- you know, cinematic match. Yeah, I
3: agree, 100%. Okay.
1: Let's go back to something we discussed on Monday's episode, Age of Performers. If you talk to people uh, in this industry, work for WWE maybe, you're going to be like, well, what's the deal with these young guys? Why don't you ever push them? And I had an interesting discussion once about how throughout this 21st century, there's been an issue of a previous generation not really putting over the new generation. I mean, this goes back. This just isn't, like, a last two years. This is really the entire 2000s. What do you think about it? Like, Mm -hmm. Austin and Rock, they left and without really putting over all the guys who had to carry the load. And you you look at... Who did Shawn Michaels lose to in his last match?
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who did Rick Fair
1: lose to in his last match? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's an issue. I know it's very easy for an asshole like me who does a podcast and hasn't worked to say this, but I think every star's last match should be a loss in putting over someone new. Now, the problem with modern WWE is I don't know who the hell this person is could be that Undertaker puts over. I, I know once upon a time he was high on Drew McIntyre. Maybe it's him, but I just think that it's, an you know, I'm watching these five episodes unfold. I'm like, man, WWE's bending over backwards for this guy so he can get this closure. But what about the future of the company? What about the guys who have to keep working? And all these people, look, thank you, Taker. It's fine. But I know a lot of the same people who say thank you, Taker, are the same people who say where are the new stars and complain about that. And it's a real double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Where we want these legends now to go out, you know with their head held high, and that's a wonderful concept. But you look at the fact that people still have this reverence for these bygone eras, well, it's connected folks. Yeah. If, if you're If you're making sure you know, Undertaker, Michaels, Flair, whomever go out on their own terms, without putting over the next generation well you're in the situation you're in in 2020 if you're wwe where no one is viewed as even close to a star as some of these guys were 20 years ago
3: yeah exactly so we're running out of time here because of our our show format got kind of thrown to the wind when this covid madness hit right before we went on the air um Like I said, we're going to be talking more about The Undertaker on Monday's show, so make sure you tune back in for that. We're going to be doing the fantasy draft and maybe a few more thoughts on the last ride, which we'll get to. I also wanted to say, I put out on Twitter that we're going to be uh, bringing back our mailbag segment. I've got two questions already on deck for that. Uh, We're going to be getting to a question from Chris and one from Greg. However, we're going to have to save that for next week's show. But if, if you have a mailbag question for us... We'll be doing these on Thursday show next week. Email it to us, nation at gmail.com. If we read your question on the air, this is another way to get a free gift from us. If we read it on the air, we'll email you back. We'll get your mailing address. We'll send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. So we want to have a lot of participation in these mailbag segments. We also want to give them the time that they deserve. And we're just not going to have time on this episode because, like I said, tons of news flew ahead of us right before we went on the air. But if you have a question, send it to us, topropenation at gmail.com. We'll get it on the air on next Thursday's show. So in the meantime, check back with us on Monday for the Undertaker Fantasy Draft. And check that Patreon page for the bonus content I mentioned earlier in the show, patreon.com slash nation. You can follow me at Ryan Drosty. The show is at Nation. Kyle, where can they find you? At TRP Kyle And Mr. Joint.
2: Uh, At Justin
3: Joint. (laughs) Once in a while, when he decides to log in. That's where you can find him. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so look us up there. And with that said, this has been episode 153 of Top Rope Nation. You guys have a good weekend. We'll see you on Monday.